to Pretty Unlimited. My name is Anna. I've got most of my voice back. Well, dang. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing. Yeah, right? I have most of my voice back. And the other testosterone-filled giggle over there Jeez. is my ever-popular handsome husband. My name is Chris. How you doing? I, uh, I have all my voice. And even yours just sounded like it dipped. <laughs> Always. Forever, uh, Peter Brady. Um, Jaden said to me this morning that my voice cracking, I sound like a 12-year-old boy. He was like, I sound like one of his classmates. That's true. I mean, he is, uh, he's actually hitting that age where all the kids are going to be sounding like that. The boys will sound like the girls now. Yeah. yeah. Well, the girls will sound like the boys. I don't know how that... <laughs> I feel like some of them probably already do sound like the boys and girls is crazy. There was a time when I called, I think I told you this, I called um, uh, a boy, like, I, I think I liked him or whatever, and I was like 13, mm-hmm. and his mom answered, and she like cussed me out for being some grown woman calling her little boy, yeah. and he was like a year older than me, and but I was 13, I wonder how old she thought you were. I have no idea. But she was like, you're a grown fucking woman calling my son. What the fuck? She cussed me out. It was the first time I remember ever getting cussed out by an adult that wasn't my parent. That's crazy. <laughs> That's actually crazy. I'd, I'd love to know, woman, if you're listening to the podcast, how old did you think Anna oh, was Oh, that bitch that died. Damn. She did. I know Damn. she died. <laughs> Speaking of death. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, all that upset because I remember when I heard that she died. My first thing was like, "Oh well," <laughs> she Jesus. fucking yelled at me. So terrible. You know, when we're here in the house, we got no no pity or sympathy. We're pitiful. We're I kind mean, of pitiful that way. But we don't have most pity or sympathy outside the house too. No, this is true. We just don't talk about it outside the house. Yeah, you got to keep that quiet. Yeah. No, but you like, don't put it on the podcast or anything. But <laughs> you you, sh- you shouldn't. We'll no. See. No, but I mean... Speaking of death. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a pretty good segue into uh, what you wanted to get into this week. You've been dealing with uh, a new Netflix show? I, not me, I am a killer. Yes, yes. (laughs) Not me personal. Anna is not a killer, but the show is called I Am A Killer. Now, I think, I mean, I don't, we probably won't get into that this week, but when we got back from uh, South Jersey... Dun, dun, dun. Um... Your sister was here. Shouts out to Jen. Um, this is this podcast is all her fault. Yeah, this is all this her fault. This particular episode. I was everybody was upstairs getting their stuff unpacked and she got the remote. She was I mean, she only had her one bag, so she wasn't doing much. Um, she turned on the TV. I think she didn't know how to get in the plex, but she knew Netflix was there, so she turned on Netflix. And immediately started watching the Netflix series, I'm a Killer. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it and hearing about it. I mean, I think growing up, I've always been fascinated with uh, serial killers and their stories and things. So I wanted to watch it, but I never did. I don't know if you were trying to see it. I definitely, it was, It you know, both of us were crazy hours and all that. So. Yeah. Um, you know, my layoff hits in a few months. Mm-hmm. So that was on my list of watch this, you know, uh, during my layoff. Okay. Um, I really, really like 
uh, documentaries because I can listen. You don't really, for a lot of documentaries, when it's more talk, you don't necessarily have to watch it. Yeah, it depends on the doc. Yeah. Yeah. So the audio was fine. So mm. It was um, like a visual podcast. Almost. Yes. Mm. So while Jen was here watching it, I was half listening mm. and it caught my attention. But I was still able to do the things in the living room that I was doing. Yeah. And didn't really have to look at the TV. Mm. There's just those pauses where you know, okay, look up at the TV. There's probably words on there yeah. that you should read. You, you, you <laughs> They're giving you bits of information. How much time this guy got after a murder or whatever. Um, so what exactly is the show? All right. So it is a documentary. Mm-hmm. And they are talking to a death row uh, inhabitants. Inmates? Inmates. Mm-hmm. And... Um, these are people who various walks of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see black, white, Hispanic. You're going to, you know, there's stuff about gangs. There's stuff about uh, different ways that each of them grew up and uh-huh. the ways that they got caught up into these situations that led to murders. Okay. And um, I am definitely. Uh, a person who is very much against the death penalty. Yeah, we've had those conversations before. And my two things are that um, I don't necessarily believe in an eye for an eye because not the way... Not the way you hear about it, like in the in the Bible or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely where I've always heard about it, in the Bible. And so, uh, you know, I feel like... How can okay? Let's say I'm the executioner. Shouldn't somebody be taking me out? Is an eye for an eye? (laughs) I mean, it's it's always weird. Who the hell am I to take somebody else's life? Yeah, I mean, just just because you're appointed to a position doesn't necessarily mean that you killing somebody is any better. Yeah, and then you're doing it where you have no personal. You have nothing personal for that for that killing. You're literally mm. killing that person to collect your paycheck. It is that, your job. Yeah. yeah, I just I have a, an issue with that. That's I true. feel like if it was going to be an eye for an eye, like say if somebody killed one of our kids, then if the parent wants to take that person out, then you know yeah, if yeah. if you're going to do it, then that's the way you should be doing it. And that's the thing because there's always those instances where you see somebody like I guess I, I notice it a lot more with fathers than mothers. But, like, a child will die, and the parent will be in the courtroom, and the killer, accused killer, what have you, is, is at the defense. Oh, yeah. And the parent, like, lunges, lunges at them, and they're always restrained. Like, if the parent was was going to kill that person, would it be justified or not? I mean, let's say this person was well, dead there to rights guilty. Been, there have been. There was... um. I don't remember how long ago there was a case of a parent. I believe it was a mom mm-hmm. who killed her child's killer. Yeah. And she got some time, but it was very much like a slap on the wrist compared to what she had done because okay. it was understood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she got an eye for an eye, but she did time. She still did time. She for still it. did time for yeah, it. It's, it's the, I guess the government's interpretation of, everything from the Bible is still subject to change. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you... Interpretation. <laughs> well, that's the thing, but there, there's still some places where, you know, if you're gay... Oh, yeah. There's an issue, but it's okay to 
by the, the, the law of some of the states, will kill the person that killed somebody else. Yes. It's weird. But, I mean, I know also, I mean, aside just from that, another one of your issues is... Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity or just like, you know... Circumstances. DNA evidence coming in, you know, 15, 20 years down the line, and then this person's done time. They've lost literally like a third of their life for something that they ended up not doing. And I will tell you, that started um, with... Uh, my feelings on the death penalty started with Dr. Washington, mm-hmm. my uh, U.S. history teacher okay. in high school, mm-hmm. um, who, coincidentally, he's dead now. Wow. I thought he was an asshole then, but it was okay because he thought I was an asshole as well. There you go. Um, so we had this very weird mutual respect in the classroom, even though we both acknowledged to each other we didn't like each other. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he was the one that told me about Emmett Till. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that was my first real learning about the death penalty. Yeah. And how, you know, it was all based on lies that cost this boy his, his life. life. Yeah. And here, and it's, that was, you know, when he, when I learned about this, you're talking about 30 plus years ago, and it was just a year or two ago that they said, you know, legally he wasn't a killer. Well, know? yeah, they, I, I believe it was the woman. She, I don't remember if she's still alive or she was on her deathbed or whatever, but she actually came out and said that she lied about all yeah. of it. Yeah, and so the government, yeah, you know, they, they took the whole sentence thing away mm-hmm. and, and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so over the years, I've kind of paid attention to uh, death penalty cases where people have been found years after they spent 20, 30 years on death row to die a horrible death that it wasn't them. Mm -hmm. That people lied. That cops lied. That prosecutors lied. That uh, defending attorneys hid evidence because they were working with the prosecutors. And just all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's, to me, there's too many instances of just lying ass people planting evidence, um, hiding evidence. And not just the cops and the prosecutors or anything like that, but even just, you know... Uh, people with uh, a mean streak or a vendetta against yeah. someone, you know, just a street person, you know, could mm-hmm. just be lying just because they want to or... Or because they're coerced to. Or because they're, cor- you know, so there's all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I don't feel like... And people have told me many, many times, if it happened to one of your kids, you you would feel different. No. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. No, because... It's not going to bring my child back. But I'm also not one of those people that forgives that easily. Like, I'll forgive you forever Mm. until the day comes where I decide I'm not, I'm done. That's it. The R. Kelly, when a woman's fed up, (laughs) totally fits in. Mm. So, um, well, I mean, thinking about that reminds me of the mother of uh, Trayvon Martin. I think, what, what is it called? Rest in peace or rest in power Trayvon Martin story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, was that Netflix? That no, that no, that's, that's um, that's airing on the Paramount Network yes. and BET. I think the uh, actually the week this goes up, it'll be the final of the six part series. But it was always interesting to see how Trayvon's parents, and I mean, and the thing is, like George Zimmerman never said that he didn't kill him. He's oh, he's the question of how much of it was really excuses. self-defense. It's yeah. excuses. Um, but they've never... Because I mean, for the record, Zimmerman is a piece of fucking shit. Oh, and I think people are... People, like... The Zimmerman that 
um, the public didn't get to see or didn't really get to see is on full display just in terms of, you know, he was being defended by his then wife who literally like a week or so after he was let go left him because of how he was acting in the house. Mm -hmm. There's been multiple instances of girlfriends and him being abusive, him being abusive, him, you know, pulling out guns, him, you know, siding up with a lot of fucked up people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know the the story about how he turned into the person he is, is crazy. And, And, but again, knowing all about that and all about what happened to their son, his mother is never like specifically Trayvon's mother has never been like I want him dead. Her her she always said that it took Trayvon, you know, getting put down for her to actually start standing up. And now she's using a lot of that for activism. Mm-hmm. But so it's you know, it's it's when people think that it's automatically gonna be, Well, you killed someone I know, so I'm gonna kill you. That's not always the case, and that's yeah. a perfect example of mm-hmm. someone taking that pedestal or that you know, the pedestal that they've been put on for a tragic situation, and at least attempting to turn it into something yeah, my, more positive. My thing is never that I want that person to be dead. My thing is more is um, don't miss an opportunity to find out about that person and the people around them that are obviously not right. Yeah. There's something wrong there. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for us to find out what's wrong, mm. fix it, so the people around him or her, mm. you know, don't do the same, don't make the same mistakes. What if this killer has kids? Yeah. What do, how does that thrust their life into a different di- you know, direction? Mm. You know, I don't want to be the one responsible for that. Yeah. And if I support them being killed... I would be, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's just so, so many nuances to that whole, uh, subject that I, I just would rather, I'm a, I'm a fix it type person yeah. in case you didn't know that. Well, and, um, so yeah, I would rather, and you can't fix there's, and I had to accept that a long time ago. There's some shit you just can't fix, but you can still learn from it to try to figure out how the next person can be fixed or can be helped or, you know, and I do believe there are some people that can't be fixed. There are some people that you can't get them at an age where it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, um, you know, in this show, I am a killer. There was, um, and I can't remember everybody's names, and I can't remember all the episodes, but... Well, that's fine. I mean, people should, I mean, if people like it, they should watch it anyway. Yeah, they so. should absolutely watch it. Um, one of the uh, things that was going through with a lot of these guys, and they were all men in, mm-hmm. the, in this uh, season, mm-hmm. season one, ten episodes, and they all, for the most part, had... Um, Parents that were not there, they were bounced around. They grew up in abusive homes. Uh, most of them did not have uh, any kind of good or solid relationship with either parent. Yeah. And it just, you know, it. And a lot of them had learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And that was like you got that throughout all of them. They they weren't helped in school. 
they weren't, you know, they didn't have any family support. So what do you expect people to be able to become? Yeah. Oh, when you're an adult, you should know better. And that's right, you should. But if you have a learning disability, you don't. Yeah, for a lot of people, there's a ceiling there. You know, and goes back to what Art All Night, you know, yeah. and that guy that came in and they were shooting and, you know, but his life was horrible. Yeah. You know, I would not want to wish that life on anybody, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, he very well could have been a candidate for this show had he had he lived, you yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, so the show, one of the big things with this show that I really, really liked that they did was um, in the episode, it'll say like after they're done interviewing uh, the killer, um or the convict, let's say a convict, because I don't believe all of them necessarily did yeah. what they're accused of. Well, and I, and that, is that yes. a, that's a big part of every yes. story, right? Not every story, no. The, most of them, you know that they did it, and they will tell you that they did it. Okay, okay. Um, but there are a few where there's circumstances where some of them are claim one or two might claim that they blacked out. Okay. Um, one or two come uh, saying that they were super high, you know, different, just different things. Are, and are there instances where they're like stone? It wasn't me. Yes. Cause that's always been like, you know, talking about Netflix series, Ava DuVernay is doing the, uh, the central park five story, mm -hmm. which was probably that. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen, uh, Do we say fuck Trump now or? Yeah, I mean, that's always, it's fuck Trump every day. I don't care what we're talking about. Um, but that was the first time I'd seen. And he never, he never went back and admitted. He's not gonna. No, no. He's not gonna. Okay, they were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. But that, that was the first time I'd ever seen recorded uh, quote unquote confessions or, you know, yeah. police questioning. Um, and you really start to see how. It's a lot of coercion. It's a lot of it'll be okay if you just say this. And your and the thing is, I don't think people really. Oh, so what? They were they were uh, uh, interviewed for eight hours. But what you don't hear is they were interviewed for like a total of eight hours over the course of like thirty hours. Yeah. And then the thirty hours they had already been up for twelve or you know hours or whatever before the police got to them. And then for the thirty hours. The eight hours of interview time, there's like five hours in between here and there. They're never allowed to sleep. They're kept hungry. Yeah, they're not your eating. body and your mind are breaking down. You're stressed out. And, and they're teenagers. And they're teenagers. Yeah. And, they're, and they're believing the adult authority figures. Yeah. And let's be for real. These are black kids. They're surrounded by a bunch of white cops carrying guns. Mm -hmm. They're fucking scared. Yeah. They'll say anything. A lot. Of, yes. A lot of time they'll say anything just to get the hell out. Thinking. Yes. That they're thinking. Be okay. And and at some point, I do believe, especially when it's a teenager. Well, if I just say this, we'll go to court. But right now, I'll get to go home with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's what happened to um, what was the uh, making a murderer? Not the. the it, uh, you've not watched that series yet. No. Though. But there, there's not the guy who they think actually did it, but his nephew. Who does have, you know, so they, ne they never specified, but he has some type of learning disabilities. Th they were saying that he was an accomplice. And in watching his testimony, you could just, or his confession, quote unquote, you could see how his confusion and like a weird rewording of a question 
can make it sound like he's just confessing to this whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's it's when we live in a society where I mean, there's a lot of crime, and in a lot of places there aren't a lot of adequate policing. Um, some some counties they Our just neighborhood facts. Um, some counties they just want to solve the case so they can go to the next one because there's a lot going Actually, on. Actually, let's reword that. They want to say they solved the case. They don't necessarily want to solve the well, case. Well, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, solving the case for them is just getting... They want to save face. They, they, well, it's not even that. It's literally like how you have... You might have 10 things you have to do that day. So you're going to knock them out. They have 10 things to do that day, too. Only those are 10 unsolved murders that no, they have to I, solve. No, I get that part. I'm saying, no, I think uh, there's... a. And I'm not saying a lot. I'm saying there are definitely some cops and some prosecutors out there who are more worried about their win ratio being on top Mm -hmm. than for the cases, uh, for the win ratio to be accurate. Oh, exactly. Well, I mean, we're we're basically saying the same thing. I mean, you know, this is what a lot of people were saying is what was going on in the the case in the first season of Serial. Uh, You know, a, a lot of it is... Well, this story sounds right, and if I give this story to a jury, they will convict. You know, and sure, that that might be, that story might sound good enough to be able to put someone in jail for their life, or you know, put them in an electric chair. But I think my my thought is always there's a lack of really trying to solve these cases. It seems mm-hmm. uh, across the country, and pro- I mean, I don't know about overseas, but definitely. Every time you hear a new true crime podcast or a new documentary, there you always see the same situation where the story sounds right. This will be the easiest way for me to get it done. Boom, bam, we go into jail, we convict. I'm over this case. As opposed to really trying to figure out the who, the what, the when, and the why. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating... Because, you know, you, you talk about the situations that people are growing up with, whether, you know, they have mental disabilities, where they have, uh, you know, poverty, you know, all, all of those issues that can make somebody resort to violence. Um, we don't try and combat that. No. It's, it's, it's hard to talk about people going to jail because it's not really rehabilitation. It's, it's not. If anything, it's, it's making a lot of people worse mm-hmm. and it sometimes you know they'll come out and they'll be like you know super superman you know i mean because realistically you're putting somebody in in prison and surrounding them with criminals expecting them to come out good samaritans yeah, just, and, and how the hell do you expect that to happen if you if you're not doing anything yeah. you're not giving them any way to really and, 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 and we want are, you to spend 18 hours a day with other criminals and we want you to not talk about any crime or how to get over on other crimes and how to exchange information. We don't want you to do that. Get the fuck out of here. Or the people that are in jail for, or in solitary for 23 hours a day. You know, they get out one hour. That can make people crazy. Or that can make people really sit there and marinate on why they're in jail. If they felt like somebody did them wrong, Mm -hmm. the moment they get a chance to get out. It's on. It's a chance a lot they'll take okay. that motherfucker out. But anyway. So back to the show. Okay, yeah. so a couple things that I really, really appreciate about the show. Mm-hmm. And I have to give it out to the people who made this because this is awesome. Yeah. So they'll talk to the the convict. Mm-hmm. And they'll interview him and talk to him and get all the details that mm-hmm. they can. Okay. And then it'll say, 
60 days later, 90 days later, this person agreed to sit down and talk to us again. Okay. So now they bring the audio and videos of all the other witnesses and cops and the prosecutors, and they show it to the killer, to the convict. After they've talked. To after they've talked to all these people, mm-hmm. and after and so he will sit there and they give him the opportunity to pick apart what these people are saying about him, uh, and vice versa. So mm-hmm. they'll do it for the you know whatever the con the convicted uh, persons. Uh, tapes are and they'll show it to the witnesses and cops so it's going both ways Mm, mm. so like they'll do all these initial long detailed interviews and then months later like you know a couple months later they'll go back and they'll show each of them what was said what was said and so you get to see them all kind of know no or they'll sometimes they'll backtrack on what they said in the initial and so you get to see it okay um the other thing is uh they will lay down what happened according to the convict uh-huh. and then they'll lay it down with the prosecutor is saying mm-hmm. and so they'll reenact the two scenarios and so you you think when you hear the the convict say abc this is what i did i, I was wrong here's what happened and then the cops come in or the prosecutor comes in they're like okay so here's why he did it and this is what we found. And it's always much more graphic then. And you could see them, the ones that are admitting to that they killed somebody, mm-hmm. they still try to really underplay course, what yeah. they did. Yeah. And episode four. Okay. I don't remember all of them. Yeah. Episode four is super fucking graphic. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Mm. It was is I don't I'm not going to give any details but it three murderers and um one of them is like 16 mm. and at the time of the interviews no okay. at the um when when it was when it was committed okay and it's like one of the most hardcore things I've ever it's graphic like they visually make a graphic or they visually make a graphic but you don't really it's kind of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they kind of give the illusion of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But when he's, he's talking about it it. and the guy is telling you what he did Mm -hmm. and they talk, they interview two of the three Mm -hmm. and we'll just say multiple people and all killed with act with an ax. And it's, it's real harsh. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I said, I like the fact that it's, you know, I don't have to watch it. Mm-hmm. I could. Do, I sat there and watched Didn't that episode. It, yeah. I watched that episode. I couldn't. I couldn't turn away from it. It was really, really hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. But you, these that one, they really took you into where their heads were at the moment. Mm-hmm. It was really crazy, and all the stories are freaking nuts. Yeah, and you're just like, how the how do people? commit this stuff? no how do people just walk around and you don't see it in them because some of this stuff was just so over the top you're like how could he look like a normal person you know like that's the thing yeah it's like, what, and it is but what the, if if the person doesn't isn't wearing the skin of someone else's face on their know. face you know or looking like freddy krueger like what does a murderer look like you know it's um now I, it the way you're describing that actually reminds me of 
the uh, the Iceman on HBO. Did you oh. ever watch that? We watched it together. A while ago. A long time ago. I, cause I remember the first time I saw that. Yeah. Um, we watched it together. And um, and he was he was in Trenton. Yes. He was at Trent State Prison. Crazy. Which, um, and, and weird part for, for me is um, I still think he was like the coolest freaking person. Oh, yeah, that Not, shit was cool as hell. You know, just he was so nonchalant badass. Yeah. And um, in the way he did it. But, it, and I remember thinking he did it without feeling. Mm-hmm. But he really did it with feeling because he really didn't like the people yeah. he was killing. He had a code. Yeah. Like he didn't, I believe he was specific about not killing any no women kids. or no yeah, kids. All that. Um, and he was also, you know, on the same token, he was good with keeping his own family separate yes. from that stuff. But I mean, he was also like pouring acid on people yep. and, you know... What was the shit? Was was he giving them rat poison in their food and stuff? Yeah, it was so crazy. Well, it's it. Growing up and watching things like Goodfellas and learning about like these stone cold killers in the mafia, I don't want to say they were all based on him, but he at least proved that some of that shit in oh, movies yeah. was real. Oh yeah. But you know, I don't know if that. And I feel like that. I don't know if that was the first televised thing. Where it was like a killer, you know. I think it was. It was. I think that was the first one. It was groundbreaking when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would still say it is for now, even for now. Mm. It's just so. It was so graphic, and it was so. You know, if he was being truthful, because again. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But um, hey, he could have been watching the same movies we we're watching and ate it up and. Took it's, it all in like that's really him. <laughs> or, or he could have been the basis for yeah, a lot of Yeah, so it movies. could go either way. Yeah. Or it could be a little of both. I, don't, I mean, the way he delivered, I, I mean, he, he's dead now, but I would have believed anything he would have said. Mm-hmm. Unless it was like, here, I just made this food for you. It's good. Eat it. Like when I get these assholes that I, uh, that I have to deal with, I almost said the, um, <laughs> that I deal with, and they come to New Jersey and they're like, Oh, so is it like is it like it is in the Sopranos? Yeah. Is it like it is on Jersey Shore? I want to be like it's just like you fucking saw in the Sopranos. <laughs> and if you talk shit about us, we will fucking take you out you and go. dump your body. There you go. And then I I have sent some of them uh, YouTube videos for that mm. HBO Iceman. Yeah, I was watching. I, I was watching. I got caught up in that. Like yeah, this is how we are in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> we're all we're all this this we're totally all calculated. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we got pork roll and we got mafia. Facts, we got acid. and and just so everybody can know officially, my opinion, Jersey Shore people were from fucking New York. They weren't from Jersey. No, no I mean it's no, not, it's, it's like one or two from Jersey. But I'm saying it's not even an opinion. It's a fact. Like and there now, was, Paulie D was from Rhode Island. A bunch of them were from Staten Island. Um, it was Snooky. And... I hate though that the way they acted on the show. Oh, see, that's how they are in Jersey. Well, it's like they were the, the one. So they blamed the bullshit mafia stuff on Jersey, and they blamed the reality show. Well, on but the, the, the thing is, Jersey's the armpit. Though I mean, those kids were like the epitome of that one tiny scene at the shore. 
mm-hmm. you know, that's not like just because they came to the shore to do that doesn't mean I'm walking around my town pumping my fist when the song's on. Right. And the funny part is I grew up every summer going down Seaside Heights and it was never like that. No. I, th- you know? I, I, think- I mean, it was a party town. You know, you did go there to the party. You know, when I got older, we did that. Yeah. But it was never I mean, like it was when you saw it on the show. A lot of that was because, you know, and you know now there's like, you know, there's money in the background. So they're, you know, buying drinks for everybody. People are making sure that these kids are drunk. Yeah. I mean, those kids were those kids. I yeah. Mean, that's I, who they were. But, you know, but they got picked for that reason. Yeah, they got they, picked because their personalities are if, out there. If I'm not mistaken, I remember MTV specifically did one of their true life. I have a shore house or whatever things. And that might have been the first time they were really exposed to that type of person but again you know money comes in and they want to exploit mm-hmm. that so it turned into you know what it turned into this is like the the trailer trash version of um what was the other mtv when they all lived in a house real world real world yeah yeah, yeah this was this was that on uh Red this Bull is like Baca. the white trailer trash, but I ain't got no trailer. I'm just trash. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, they, were a, they were a real different breed. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, the majority of them seemed like they came from some time, except for Pauly D. I feel like Pauly D was really middle class because he, he's the one that came yeah, the, up the most. But The funny part is when they're interviewed separately, mm-hmm. I, I think they're all okay. Yeah. But together. Well, yeah, they're nuts they're, together. Yeah. I don't like the, how they who they become when they're around each other. I didn't finish the first season of the the re, reboot of the show, um, but you could tell like even though they like, I think the majority of them either have steady relationships or like are married with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't matter. Like you know they they were away from their families yeah. and they would just turn up, and I'm like, damn y'all y'all are really. Of age. It's almost like that they're drunk. a bad influence on each other when yes, they're together. 100%. Yes, 100%. It, I mean, they're, they're, they're good when they're solo, but they're bad when they're together. Where is I am a killer when you need one? See? Look. <laughs> I am a killer. Oh, imagine. Imagine. Here you go. Okay. So here's here's a Uh-oh. hit show. You ready? So the Iceman meets Jersey Shore cast. Wow. You could probably do that. At the very least... Get it? Get it? Hit show? I... I, I, I <laughs> At the very least, someone should do, like, a, a graphic novel. Iceman versus Jersey Shore. And then somebody will turn that into a, a Netflix series or, or a movie. Okay, so here's... here Here's for you. Because you're a huge Sopranos buff. Uh-huh. Iceman or Tony Soprano? Shit. In terms of what? In terms of like just badass? Yes. I'm going to pick Iceman just because I never had to suffer through sex scenes of seeing Tony Soprano fuck anybody. Well, yeah. the thing, and, and, and that's the, like, because I've seen more of what the Iceman talked about in terms of his job, which was to be a contract killer, um... I feel I, it's like one track with him. Like I know he has a wife and kids, but it's one track. I'm being paid to kill people, so I'm going to kill people. He'd be the guy that Tony would hire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are a number of instances on that show where Tony got his hands dirty, and he like was really 
vicious. And because he was a big guy, he he shot people, but like the scenes of him like actually choking someone out or like beating the shit out of somebody, they always stood out more to me just because of the image of this you know, hulking dude. But again, th- those situations were few and far between. Um, and I feel like just on terms of murderous badass level, I'd have to give it to the Iceman. Okay, so I'm going to give it to the Iceman because the fact it, the fact for that he was able to keep them so separated and yeah. nobody in his personal life even had a fucking clue Word. that he was doing that that he was even capable they had no clue so i feel like if he had not had the family and wanted that family he would have been way over the top compared to tony soprano yeah i'm I'm saying even even with the family he's still way over the top i think if he did like it he's the he's the one like I was saying earlier, like to see all these guys, to know that you know, like these are people that are just walking around and you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But one of the things with most of these guys is these were very specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a lot of mitigating circumstances that were put into some of these situations. Uh-huh. Iceman, yeah. he would... He he could walk past you and just slit your throat and keep walking. Yeah, like and that that's just or, the person that he was. Or he was like because I remember he always seemed like it I mean was, you not me because I'm female. But anyway, yeah. Fact, <laughs> fact. But but I mean but again the other thing was a he was doing a lot of this and it was just specific to the people that were that I, that's the thing I appreciate and it's I don't want to say appreciate but I respect it just like I respect you know the gangbangers who. There's people who are in the life and people who aren't in the life. It's a code. Yeah, it's, 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 and I think the problem has always been as kids, it's a byproduct of the situation, though. It's, you know, we live by this code, we pump this poison into our community, not thinking that that's going to mean that these kids are going to grow up without mothers because. You know, they might be addicted. They might be just, you know, murdered by somebody. And now these kids, they're, they're pumping these soldiers out younger and younger and younger. And as they grow, they don't keep that same code. Mm-hmm. So they'll kill anybody. I know there, there's a, at least it felt like for a while the dirt stayed within the people who were trying to get dirty. Yeah, don't do that no more. And and that that was the Iceman. He, it was really about, all right, are you in the life? Did you fuck up to the point where someone wants to get you gone? All right, you got to be gone. I'm going to walk by you and poke you with a needle, inject you with fucking whatever shit. And, oh, you know, damn, he passed out. Whatever the fuck. And now you're dead. I'm dumping you in the fucking river or whatever. Or I'm going to acid all over you. Facts. Facts. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the idea that... It's, it's, it, I mean, it makes people so paranoid. But, like, you know, th- these people are among us. You know what I mean? And you'll never know. And I do think it's more often than what we think. 100%. You know? And um, I worry about myself in terms of I have a very smart, sarcastic mouth. Uh-huh. And so I was worried that one of these days, me and my mouth is going to catch up to me. 
Yeah, I mean, that's always a constant worry of me for me <laughs> with you. Like, when- like the other day, mm-hmm. I posted it on Facebook. I don't yeah. know if, if I if you saw it. Mm. Um, so I was walking to work. Yeah, I did see this. And uh, outside the school bus company, there were some guys just, you know, just talking, I guess, on a break or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they're out there. Mm-hmm. And some guy pulled up in a car. Which randomly happens to me fairly often in the last 10 years as I'm walking to work. For whatever reason, people think I'm a prostitute, even though there's no other prostitutes walking up that street. And I'm wearing, like, sneakers and jeans. And and I don't feel like I'm dressed in any kind of a provocative manner or something. But And I'm a fucking backpack, headphones, and sunglasses. Yeah, you you don't carry yourself like you're selling yourself. For, no, some, and for any I, random guy with money walking around. And I avoid eye contact at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't look at the cars passing me by, nothing. Word. To the point that I've had so many people, I was beeping at you, I was waving at you, I was <laughs> passing by, you didn't even see me. Uh-huh. Like, and they're friends, and I'm like, I ain't looking. I am. My eyes ain't going to the sides. I have no idea who nope. you were, yeah. So, he pulls over, and I have my backpack. Mm-hmm. And he is like, um... You got any condoms in that bag you need help using? Jesus. And my first instinct, I was like, well, I'm sorry, I only carry adult sizes. <laughs> and he was like, fuck you. And he and he drove off. And so the dudes from the bus company was mm. laughing. They were like, yo, when we heard what he said, we're about to fuck him up. Yeah. And you already did it. So, mm. But they were like high-fiving me and shit. No, and, 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 and that that's cool when you're in an area where... But most of the time, when I when I have guys approach me, I'm usually by myself. Exactly. And I'm like, one of these days, I need I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have some guys sneak up. And it's happened before where I've like gotten hit or pushed or whatever. Mm. Or you know, guys have this thing. Not and not all guys. I'm not you know knocking all guys by any means, but enough fucking guys that um, you should fucking know better. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, can I get your number? No. Well, fuck you, bitch. You know, yeah, or uh, you got a man? Yeah. Well, your man's probably a pussy. Your man's probably a punk. How the fuck do you know? At what point? At what point is that supposed? You know what? My man is a punk and a pussy. I should come be with you, sir. You're like, right. Like, at what point has that line ever worked for but, you? That but also, like, if you were genuinely trying to have sex with somebody, and they said no. Why would it immediately turn into, well, you a bitch, your pussy probably stink anyway. Like, how does it go from <laughs> the one end to the total? I've never I don't understood know. that mentality. There, there, was a, there was a Twitter thing. Like, a, I want to say earlier this year, last year, um, and somebody put something on there. It was a woman, and she put something like, uh, have you been, like, kind of have you been abused by men that, when you turned them down? Like, because yeah. you, you weren't, you just weren't interested. Uh-huh. And, oh, my God, fucking Twitter lit up oh, with man. women. And it was ridiculous. And mm-hmm. you're like, and all the women are like, the guys were shocked. Yeah. And the women were like, really? Like, you didn't, yeah. you didn't know this? This is what we deal with on a normal day-to-day basis. Word. You know, and as I'm getting older and uh, less attractive and not so thin anymore, I don't deal with it as much as I used to. Mm. I but think, even... I, I still think you're attractive. Okay, so you get some later. <laughs> and um, so the, you know, but definitely I have had way more than what should be comfortable, but you come, you become almost used to it, jaded to it, mm. or expecting it. Yeah. You kind of expect to be yelled at if you say no. Mm. And 
there's, you know, like Trenton is really, really freaking small. Mm -hmm. And I know there were a couple of times where I'd given guys either a fake number or, you know, some, or like the brush off. And it's so small here though. You're going to run into them again. And you run into, oh, so that number you gave me, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and Mm -hmm. now you're stuck. So you can't even, you had to learn. You can't even give a fake number. You really have to be honest and say, I'm just not interested. Or I have a man. And, And, you know, I have a man is... Some people don't it, care. About they don't people. care. And, um, yeah, you're fucking positive K out here with your man. Yeah, hello. And, um, and then there was other instances where, um, you know, you try to even say, I'm gay. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you ain't had the right dick yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's two of us. It's always something. You know, so it's like no matter what you do, they're ready with some reason of why it's your fault. Of why you don't want them. Mm. Like somehow you're. What the fuck is wrong with you? You don't want me? Me? Who is walking my broke ass down the street. Looking like shit. Coming up with corny lines. And like. I I don't know. I I remember just getting really really tired. Of guys asking me what my sign was. That was when I came up with my my personal favorite. What's your sign? And I was. It's a stop sign. Just stop. Stop. Stop right there. And I, it was like, can you just say, hi, how are you? How you doing? You look really nice. You look yeah. really attractive. Can I talk to you? Mm. And then if I say no, accept it like a fucking man. You would think. You would and, think. and go. There's like a kabillion fucking women in this world. Just because I said no. Yeah, so what? I'm Who a, the fuck am I? I ain't nobody special. But I, and I will also Why say, are you taking this so personal? That's at some point there's probably going to be someone that's gonna that that might be the line that works for them. You know, but, that's a that's a crazy bitch that says yes to. You never know. There, yeah. there, there's someone out there for everybody. There's probably one woman that like those ridiculous lines. It's like, oh my god, be my man. Actually, for the number of female friends I have that are into horoscopes, the what's your sign probably would work. Still? Yes. Jeez. Did we or did we not sit in the car with my sister, Jen, going well, over horoscopes? Yeah, but I feel like... I, <laughs> All the way up from South Jersey. I know She's a, totally into that stuff. I, know know? A couple I have a lot of friends are. that are. I know a couple people who are, but not to the point where, like, if you approach them, like, what's your sign their eyes would light up and like y'all would have like a 20 minute conversation. I definitely have friends that are like, no, I could tell you're, you're, you're Uh, in this moon or, you know, and it's not my thing. And I, and yes, I am knocking it because I just think it's bullshit. Uh Um, but you know, the whole, you know, got um, in, in watching this, I am a killer thing. There was quite a few of them that couldn't take no you don't for want, an answer. You don't want to say the wrong thing around them. No, and and so there are some dead women out there, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll get to see what who they were mm-hmm. in the show, and all they did was say no. Yeah, they just didn't want to be with this person, or they were trying to figure out how to be who this man wanted them to be. To get out of the situation. No, to stay in the situation and not uh, be killed. Jeez. You know, there's there is that that situation where you can't you can't leave or you don't know how to leave. Yeah. You're not sure how to leave or you can't you know you can't leave safely. Mm-hmm. And so you need to become what he needs you to be. 
But what he needs and wants you to be changes moment to moment. So you can't possibly do it. Mm. And he's going to keep changing it so he can abuse you. So he can punish you. Mm. So he can get his rocks off and feel like the man that he feels like he, that's how he views himself being a man. You know, so that show, you're going to see a lot of people with severe learning disabilities. You're going to see one who is borderline mentally retarded mm. and on death row, mm. which is illegal. Yeah. But the prosecutor made sure that they had somebody else test him. So he would, so be. He would pass. Mm. So it's things like that. And, you're, and you will look at these guys like they definitely killed. But... We need to get and to there's the that reason. but we need to get to the reason there's there's society. a reason and there's a and and there's circumstances and when you see some of the circumstances it'll break your fucking heart yeah. you know it's really hard it's hard to to walk to well listen it's hard only <laughs> i listen to most of it mm. um but that that episode number four fucking did me in mm. and i was like holy shit and um, well, it's, I mean, it's one it's, of the, it's, it's real. I mean, it's it's and you know, I love documentaries, yeah. and this is one of the best ones that I've seen. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I like I. This sounds wrong. I I love to watch stuff about serial killers. I there was a website that was kind of like um an A B A to Z kind of who's who of serial killers and child killers and child molesters. And I used to go from A and read every single solitary person. Mm. And I would just do that for days on end and just read it. And, and I'm like, my mind is going to be all fucked up by the time I finish getting to Z. And I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely fascinating. And I like can read it over and over and over. And, and it just, you know, it, it boggles the mind one that the human body and the human mind can take so much when you're being tortured and and yeah. all that mm. and that you know that what will break one person won't break another yeah. and that kind of stuff and then um how these killers got to be where they are you know mm. and where they came from and um i mean like i look at people like the, these guys there was one guy horrible horrible upbringing and abused and beaten and uh he likely is gay mm. and he was responsible for killing two gay guys but he was brought up being called a faggot and stuff by his mom mm. and she was beating the shit out of him mm. so he had it in his head that's a bad thing so he killed these two gay guys. He thinks, he says now, he didn't really, he thought they were gay, but he, it wasn't confirmed. So he didn't really kill mm. them because they were gay. You know, so it's this whole thing. He was taking out the abuse on him, on other people. Yeah, and, and well, and it's kind of left to you to figure out what, how yeah, you interpret that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I look at other people, like, uh, there was the woman, that, you know, I read her story years and years ago then she appeared on the oprah winfrey show mm-hmm. her name was trudy chase and she was tortured and raped by her father as a kid mm-hmm. and he would like kill animals and with her like make her kill them and stuff like that and it snapped her mind and supposedly she had 
multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. But when you watch the interview on Oprah, it'll freaking break your heart. It's so hard listening to her describe what her father did. Mm And Oprah's cry. the whole audience was just like crying. Like I'm like get all teary, mm. and but the whole audience was like just devastated. Like I think in that point because it was like very early '80s. Mm. I think you know you were becoming more aware of child abuse, but that that story really sunk it. Like you were like, holy shit, people do this. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't think anything from 50 or 75 or 100 years ago has changed i think we're just more aware of what was already going on 100 people like oh no the world was so much better back no the fuck it wasn't you that shit know. was already going on yeah. we just didn't have as much media mm -hmm. to cover it and now you can't say boo without somebody maybe finding out about it yeah you know so so these killers which one is that that's cute Thank you. Jesus. So about 20 minutes ago, if anybody heard anything on, that was Marie eating at the cat food bowls over here. And this is Q. She wants to be on the podcast. She wanted to talk about some crazy cats. People going to be really mad when they hear me kick the cat. <laughs> Get out of here. So, um, yeah, but I, I think you should watch it. Me personally or, yes. or people in general? You. Okay. I think you would like it. Mm. Um... I think other people uh, will will really if you like documentaries the way it's laid out uh -huh. will will really catch you your attention. I've not seen anybody do interviews and then go back and do interviews. Not to that extent. No, no. and show people the evidence against them by other people and mm -hmm. then and then interview them while they're listening to yeah. it. Mm -hmm. That's just I've not seen that before. Mm -hmm. um, and I say nobody else has ever done it. Yeah. I just haven't seen it. No, I, I mean um, I've seen, I've watched especially a lot of Netflix. Like you, it's to the point now where Netflix is doing so many documentaries, especially true crime ones, that they have comedy parody series about doing documentaries on true crime situations. It's that oh big. Oh God! Of, but it's actually it's it's called American Vandal. Like the the premise is really uh, sophomoric. I think the first, the first, the second season is actually coming out soon. The first season. So this sounds like the weird Al Yankovic of true it's, crime. It's much better done, <laughs> but I mean, it's still like the first season is trying to figure out who spray painted dicks on the cars of these teachers at this high school, and it's like there's one kid that everybody says did it, and he's got there's reasons to believe why he did it, but then it's like eight episodes of a parody trying to figure out who the real person spray painting the dicks were. It's a lot of dick jokes. Did he do it? I'm not going to spoil the show. I'm not <laughs> gonna, it, I mean, it, that's, I say that knowing that, like, you know, I I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but I really did enjoy it. Um, and, you know, it's something, if you're, if you're really into these and you want to, like, poke fun at how, net, like, even just the way they do the title graphics, like, you know, net, this is a big business for Netflix, um, but, okay, so I might have to try this one. But I still, um, you know, the way you're describing it, I've still not heard of too many documentaries that go that in-depth to get the story, like to really draw out the story from the people, you know, closest to it or most Yeah, and to get it. the reactions yeah, was just yeah. new. That's definitely something I've not seen before. Um, okay, so from Netflix to Amazon Prime. Oh, boy. Okay, so last night? 
Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. I watched and you kind of sat. I did. I don't off know. To decide, kind of not really paying attention. You I, were on your laptop. I was. Asleep. I was watching something. Else. No, I was asleep. I was watching something else entirely. And you kept asking me. About it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. They're, they're somewhere in the Middle East and shit's blowing yes. up. Yeah. So I watched uh, season one, episode one of Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. And what's that guy's name? John. John Krasinski. Krasinski from The Office. Jim Halpert. Yes. So, um, okay, so I'm going to tell you this one part okay. because, uh, you know, Caroline, Caroline. Craig's, yeah, Craig's yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I posted on Facebook that yeah. I was watching season one, episode one. And I was like, I felt kind of disappointed because he's just not that cute. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's weird. And, um, I think it's his nose for me. I don't know what it is, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I think the story could be good, but it just seems like any other uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rambo type, yeah. you know, action, you know, thing. We're going to rescue the blah, blah, whatever. Suspense. Yeah. yeah. And um, it doesn't so far seem like anything special or out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. I am going to keep watching. I'm going to see if I can binge watch season one this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a few scenes that, like, he, he there's a scene where he gets stabbed. And it's kind of like, oh, you know. And um, There's a lot of was, cussing in it, too. There was a lot of cussing. Um, I don't remember that the guy that's his boss, the uh, heavyset black guy. He's a great actor. He is really good. He sucks in this. Yeah, I, I, I like him as an actor, but it's only because of him. His I portrayal. can't remember his name, but anyway. I forget. I I know him as Bunk. He played Bunk in a damn near every season of The Wire. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you the only other thing I always remember him in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was waiting to exhale. He was that trash. Well, dude, he was a yeah. trash dude, and he was like, "Ooh, baby, baby," you know. He yeah, was just. Yeah, yeah. He was so. He was also pretty. He was trash so bad in the once the Spike Lee movie uh, "Get on the Bus." Mm-hmm. He had the one scene where he was like a really piece of shit black dude, and they ended up throwing him off the bus. He was that big cool. of a douchebag. Um, so he's the boss in this. Yeah. And uh, apparently, apparently, um, uh, they were told that even though they were actors, they didn't need bring. They didn't not need to bring those skills to the set. So, um, Wendell Pierce, Wendell Pierce, Wendell that's Pierce. right. And, um, I'm hoping, you know, and I try not to go and, and slam or hype any show off the first two or three episodes. I feel like they're kind of finding their groove. I need three. If, if, if I'm not in, if I'm not deep into, I shoot for four. I try three. If I'm, if I'm by the time the third episode ends, if I'm not, invested in anybody or anything in the story i give up at that point yeah so um uh jack is a war vet Mm. and um uh his boss wendell i can't remember his name on the show already um uh is uh i i he was in something. He did something wrong. I couldn't quite grasp what he did wrong. You said it was confusing. Like, yeah. This is he, a lot of he, moving parts. He fucked up and he was like about to be fired or something. So they demoted him severely. 
and he's still, but he's Jack Ryan's boss. Okay, I did hear that. Yeah. I heard Jack make a comment about yeah. that. Yeah, so Jack is an analyst, and he is watching the uh, money move in, like, some certain area of the world in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and he sees, like, $9 million being going to this one account. Okay. And they're using some kind of app or something to do it, and so he's trying to convince his boss um, something's about to happen. You know, they did 9-11 for only $500,000. They have $9 million right now. What the hell are they about to do? We mm. need to stop it. Mm. So then you just, you're trying to figure out who these people are and why they're asking for things and why they're talking about stuff. But they don't, they don't really stay into, you don't really figure out any of it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? So, um, <laughs> some stuff, some people come and they have some dead bodies that they give to the U S army. Okay. And, um, even I'm not that dumb and they should have made sure the bodies were actually dead and they did not do that. And they put the bodies in the morgue and one of the bodies was a live person. And so now they infiltrated a U.S. base on purpose, on purpose. Wow. Okay. And, um, so it starts off where these these two little boys, two brothers playing. They're in Lebanon. It's 1983, and they uh, they watch these planes come in, and the planes start bombing where they are. Mm. And so it ends where the one guy who's captured that Jack Ryan is talking to uh, is actually one of those brothers, and the guy that infiltrated is his brother. Mm. And so the brothers are back together again. So that that's all you know. You're like you don't know what they're doing. You don't know <laughs> why they're. You don't know how they got to that point. So, but it is only episode one. Uh, and, well, and it sounds you know, like you're so, at least interested enough to find out. No, I'm confused enough. So I'm hoping anybody listening to this can explain to me what happened. <laughs> yeah, drop it in the comments. Let us know on Facebook. You know, I or just something. didn't get it. So, but, but Caroline you, agreed with me uh-huh. that yeah, she was like he's he's just not as cute. Like he was cuter. Because his personality was better on on the office, but in this already, it's um you know how like every movie, not every movie, but in a lot of movies they always show that one loner. Mm-hmm. Like, remember Jennifer Lopez in The Wedding Planner? How she went home, she made her own dinner, yeah. and she was just her by herself. She sit in front of the TV. So Jack Ryan, he goes home, he makes dinner, sit in front of the TV with the, you know, he's answering all the Jeopardy questions to let you know that this is like a really, a smart, really smart dude, guy, blah, yeah. blah blah. And I'm like, seriously, this is how we're gonna set like this. I've seen this a kabillion times. Yeah. So again, it's just like. Uh, well, we saw this in the wedding planner, so we're gonna take this part, and we saw this in Rambo. Was it First Blood? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're gonna take this, and I think I saw um, Patrick Swayze get slashed in the side in Roadhouse. So we're gonna take that. And- well, it's it's weird because since The Office, it feels like he's specifically tried to do these more actiony, dark type roles i mean he, now, i will he, say he did work out because the abs are rocking well he's i mean i think i mean it's it, he there was some movie i can't remember the name of it but it sounds similar to this but it's more like we're a covert ops type group and all we're, we're just shooting guns and blowing up the bad guys for 90 minutes or whatever that's been his mo he's he had he got major success with a quiet place which is you know for mm-hmm. more it's a really good film um, but even still, he's like, 
the shit in that in terms of like I'm the guy that knows everything I'm the guy that's gonna save my family you know it's it's always like that archetype and I wonder if it's because like realistically I don't know if there's like four or five major Hollywood actors who are playing those roles it's like Mark Wahlberg John Krasinski but but even Keanu it's like he's doing John Wick but outside of that, it's just he he. I just grabbed a movie the other day. Him and Winona Ryder in a, are in a romantic comedy called Destination mm-hmm. Wedding. He's doing that type of stuff when he's not John Wick. John Wick is like his only thing. Where Sylvester Stallone made how much money being the Rockies right. and the Rambo's, mm-hmm. you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Bruce Willis to an extent. Those guys, they're still around, but they're so much older and there's I think there's a void for the that white dude who knows how to kill all the bad guys and look cool while still being a dark brooding person on the inside. And John Krasinski. Krasinski. I don't think he has that look. No. He definitely doesn't feel like yeah. that guy. He looks more the geeky, sweet yeah. character. You know, so it, I think because I also know him being that way in the mm-hmm. office as a sarcastic but still really nice guy, you know, it's hard to put him in this, you know, badass role. And in this role, he he's not a, he's not a badass. He's supposed to be like this geeky, you know, loner. Which is but, weird. Yeah. Which is weird because then they let you know that he he's got scars and stuff on him from when he was wounded as a soldier. Yeah. But then they're showing you this ripped body. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed... What the- I- <laughs> you got to remember, too, though. I just looked it up. Uh, John Krasinski is an executive producer on this show. And I think that's where he gets over. He's able... He's amassed either enough money or enough juice in Hollywood to be able to get the rights to these characters and get the money to make himself into that dude which i mean and it's you know, a tom clancy book it was very popular yeah, i mean yeah. it's a, it was a hugely popular mm-hmm. book series yeah. so but i mean so i'm gonna be you Binging know tomorrow's up. monday we'll see what how tomorrow goes but it's a lot of rain coming this week at work so you'll probably we'll see. So ample I'll, time uh, yes uh, me on the other hand i don't know when i'm going to be I, there's so much shit i have to watch that see your job we love the paycheck <laughs> sucks but because you have to watch what you know you have to watch and not you can't always watch what you want to watch yeah i'm, <laughs> so, I'm not like i have stuff we I should need. stop watching uh reruns and then we'd be able to watch all this all the new stuff probably but then it's like when is there time to veg out like i i'm really i was really into jennifer lopez's show uh, shades of blue mm-hmm that was my guilty pleasure. I'm not Did you see the interview? The interview. With um what's the guy that plays on that show with her? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. He was on uh uh Kelly and Yeah, I definitely did too. Oh my god. You have to go watch the interview. Cause did you know his character is gay? Yeah. Or bi- or bisexual. Is it gay? I yeah, it's, it's gay. a it's a big part of at least the and, first season. And he said when he was reading the role, he was like Okay. Yeah. Um, he's like, that. you know, that's different. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so when you had your first kiss scene mm-hmm. with a guy, 
did you learn anything about yourself? And he was like, I learned I'm not gay. <laughs> he goes, and stubble hurts. <laughs> Yeah, and I stubble, yeah. and I fell out laughing like the you have to watch it, it was just the way okay. he said it it yeah, was yeah, yeah. it was so it was so funny I mean I was yeah that, and that's that's again. if you could find it on YouTube we should link it to sure in, in yeah, the podcast because it. it was it was super cute <laughs> um but uh yeah I was I was I I knew our my audience didn't care about this so I didn't have to write about it but I was I also knew they'll make like, I'm really into this to the point where I can watch this as like my one just me time type of show. And I've gotten so busy that the whole, the third and final season These just These two happened. vacations screwed us up. Eh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not even that. It's just like stuff that I had. Like, I, when you were watching Jack Ryan, I was watching the second episode of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch show that's coming out on Netflix. On purpose? Yeah. Well, it's, it's called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, it's it's based off of a graphic novel. It's like a dark, like it's really more into the witchcraft, real darker time in uh, Sabrina's life. Um, but it's also set in the same universe as that show Riverdale because they all mm-hmm. are Archie comics. Um, so I mean, I, I was I, I was I have to watch that just to be up on what's coming out this fall. Um, but because of that. There's shows that I want to watch that I'm not going to cover on the on the site that I'll get to eventually. But, okay. you know, that's that's how things go. But you're you're going to watch more Jack Ryan and maybe tell us if you're going to stick with it. Yes. So the next <laughs> podcast, we will see if I get beyond. I'm going to shoot. So I'll shoot for episode two and three tomorrow. Word. And see. If, and, then, and then we'll update. See where we go. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you wanted to? Get? No, because it's like after nine, we got to put. Fat head upstairs to bed. Chunky boy. So I guess, uh, yeah, that's it. That's a natural way to end it. So we'll see you guys next week. Mwah.